Well, good morning, and as you know, that is the best sermon you'll ever hear. This God's Word, let me tell you. I'm just here to kind of give some thoughts on it. Well, um, I'd like to encourage you guys to read the Word of God. So today I would like to encourage you to read Rome, uh, Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 12. Chapter 7, 9 through 12. Read that in light of today's message. Chew on it and see what God says to you as you do. So let us go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're just so grateful to come together uh, today, Lord, to honor you. God, uh, we just ask right now that uh, you bless us to understand your word, to apply it to our life. But God, we also ask that you bless all the other churches meeting in whatever capacity, whether that's outside, inside, homes, buildings, rooftops, Lord, wherever they are meeting under your name, we ask that you bless them and remind them, as with us, that we are all in this together to magnify your son's name, to declare his beauty and his majesty to all in this world. God, uh, we ask too, Lord, that you just be with all the... There's a lot of pain and, and hurting out in the world, Lord. Uh, be with all those, Lord, who are suffering. And also, be with the missionaries, too, Lord, who are ministering to these people around the world. That they, To help them bring hope to everyone. To let them know that there is more than this world has to offer, and his name is Jesus. God, bless us today. Lord, convict us of our sin. Expose it. Show it. Bring it before our eyes so we can flee from it and run from our sin and cling to the cross. Cling to your Son humbly laying down our crowns, laying down everything, saying nothing with our hands we bring, but just with an empty hand we cling to the cross. Thank you, Lord, for the glory of your grace and how you love sinners. Oh, God, that is so uplifting and so encouraging. But, Lord, we mess up all the time, but yet you love us anyways, simply because of faith in your Son. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, contrary to what the world will tell you, being a Christian is not just another thing to be in this world. You know, the the world, the society in which we live in, wants you to think that you and I, us, being Christians, is just a common thing like anything else that you would add to your portfolio as you go about life. That being a Christian is no really difference, ultimately, than being an atheist or an agnostic or some other religion or or someone who's really political or someone who's really philosophical in their thought. The world, the flesh, and the devil do not want you to see you, do not want you to see that being a Christian is so much more than just another small addition to your life. It wants you to think so little of being a Christian in both a time sense and a worth sense so you don't realize who you truly are now because of your faith in Jesus Christ. They want you to see your Christianity, you believing this glorious, gospel, amazing message of grace is just as just some some simple knowledge, some simple news, as just like anything else in this world. So you end up not making much of it in your life or the lives around you. It wants you to keep this good news to yourself and only invest your time in this personal belief of yours 
after, and I mean after, you have depleted yourself in investing and being involved with everything else in the world. The goal of this world is to have you only invest the table scraps of your mind, of your heart, and of your, of your soul into this gospel message of grace so you don't ascribe any significant amount of importance to it. So you don't see the richness of what what has been done for you through faith in Christ alone. The goal of everything in this world is to make you see this world as the exact opposite of what Paul says in Philippians 3.8. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. This world does not want you to see the world around you as rubbish. It doesn't want you to see it as loss. But it wants to keep but it wants you to see it as gain. It wants you to see it as worth, as significance. So it can keep you enslaved to it. Keep you trapped within its power so that it can keep you exhausted and running on this never-ending treadmill of despair. So you can worry about tomorrow. So you can find something new to live in anger about. So you can find more things to get stressed about. So you can find more ways to criticize others and tear them down in your speech or in your heart. And find more issues to fuel this us and them mentality. It wants you to invest your time and your, and your effort in how to remove those around you who are different or how to remove yourself and isolate yourself from those around you who are different or think differently than you. This world wants you. It wants chaos. It wants you to hate others. It wants you to burn bridges around you. It wants you to live in isolation from those who you disagree with. It wants you to think you are better than anyone else. It wants you to look down in disgust on those who offend you and hold it against them. This world wants you to live in division. And how does it do that? Well, just like I said in the beginning, it does this by trying to make you, by trying to keep you away from making much of your Christianity. Why does it do this? It does this because you have the answer this world needs, and that is the gospel of God's grace. So the more it can keep you away from realizing that, the more power it can have over you because you are too stressed out, too angry, too worried, too exhausted, too emotionally or mentally broken, or just too fed up with the world around you, or too fed up with those people in your life who to really think anything different or even care about the radical implications of the gospel of grace in your life. But here's the thing. If you are in Christ, if you have faith in him, no matter how strong or weak your faith may be, you have been called out of this world so you don't have to live like that anymore. For life now has taken on this new meaning for you so that all the stuff that this world throws your way, you no longer have to pay much attention to. All the world's woes and concerns and fears become should be insignificant to you. 
now that you are in Christ. And this is what I mean. Though you may live in the world, you are not of this world. You have been removed from the path of a purposeless and worthless life that is a slave to sin, which is destined for hell. And now by faith in Christ, you have been placed on a path that is covered by and empowered by the grace of God now. So you have this whole new way of looking at this world and all of its problems and even your own personal problems. Now that you have God's grace in your life, the way you approach life is upside down. It's backwards to what the world would expect or even want. It is the exact opposite of what this world has taught you. Why is that? Well, because life now has an ultimate purpose. It has a point. It has a goal. So what is going on right now in this world then has worth and meaning because it's being directed towards something. It's not spinning out of control. There is an end to all this. There is a final destination. Life for you now that you are in Jesus is no longer you just surviving from one day to the next. No longer are you just trying to get by. But now there is a point to everything that you do because you are under God's grace through faith in Christ. Your life is no longer this one-dimensional way of living, but has now entered into a cosmic plan. I know some of you are like, cosmic? What do you think, is it some comic? <laughs> John, I think you're probably maybe getting a, a little too excited here. I may be a Christian, but I don't see my life as one that's part of a cosmic plan. But that's just it. That's what the world wants you to think. It wants you to see your life as just common and to see your life as it's on its own. So you have to create your own worth. You have to create your own identity. You have to create your own significance. You have to create your own purpose, your own value. Because when you do that, you create division with those around you. Because it's all about you. But that's so far from the truth. If you're in Christ by faith in him, for he has accomplished all that value, identity and purpose and worth for you. If you have faith in Christ, then you are not just a parent, but a Christian parent who is involved now with a cosmic plan. If you if you are you're not just a worker at a job, but you are a Christian worker now who is involved in a cosmic plan. You're not just a person standing in line at the store, but a Christian who is involved in a cosmic plan. You're not just a person who walks their dog at night, passing by homes and people around you, but you are now a Christian who is part of an otherworldly plan that gives your life and all the trivial tasks that you do a cosmic meaning and purpose. I know you may think that I may be speaking out of line here or maybe I'm just too far out there in my thoughts. But that's exactly what the world wants you to think. It wants, you to, it wants to keep you in this system of thought that the gospel in which you believe in makes no difference in who you are, in how you live, and will mean nothing to, you, to this world around you. It's just a little 
addition you add on the Christmas tree. It's a little cherry you put on top of the cake. It wants you to think that what I am telling you is silly. And it wants you to think that I am immature in my thought. So then you can keep quiet about Jesus. Keep him insignificant in your life and keep him insignificant to the life of those around you. This world doesn't want you to live in response into the freeing gospel of God's purposeful grace. Because the more you do live a life that way, the more you trust in Christ for everything, you start to realize the abundant life that you now have in Jesus by faith in him. As he said in John 10, 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. It's not a lie. The more you live the abundant life that you have in Christ, the more power the world will lose over you and others because, the more, because more people will come to know Jesus and be united in him. And that, my friends, is exactly what the world doesn't want. But that's what you have been called to expose and reveal to this world. That there is salvation, there is freedom, there is grace, there is hope, there is unity for all of mankind if they place their faith in Christ, the resurrected Savior of this world. And this is what Paul wants us to realize today as we look at our text of Ephesians of chapter 1 verses 9 through 10. Paul wants us to realize the vastness and the greatness of what we have entered into by faith in Christ and his finished work on our behalf to know that truly life now has meaning and purpose because of what Christ has done. So our title today, as you can see, is God's Mission. So let's look at the text then and see what greatness now we are a part of. Ephesians 1.9 says, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. What you have here is Paul saying, look, God has now given us insight into his glorious, all-wise, and perfect will. The Almighty has decided to reveal, to make known His will, not just to Paul, not just to some special, mystical, holier-than-thou person, but to all Christians. That means all of you here sitting in this room if you believe in Christ. And this brings us to our first point. God's mission is meant to be known by all. God wants all Christians to know his will and not keep silent about it. No matter who you are or what status you have in this world, this is something that must be known. For God has revealed it to no longer be a mystery. This part of his will was hidden at one point. It was unable to be known by human ingenuity. It could not be found within the mind of man. Because it was hidden within God himself. But now God has given this glorious wisdom and this glorious knowledge. He has revealed his will for all mankind to know. And God delights in revealing this precious will to all mankind. Paul says, according to his purpose, or more literally, according to his good pleasure, which he set forth in Christ. 
God took pleasure in revealing his will for all to see. That through crushing his son on mankind's behalf, so that they could be with him forever. Let me be more direct. So you can see the complete backwardness of this thought. And why it's not found in man. It was God's pleasure to pour his wrath upon his innocent son in your place through faith in Jesus. God did this not begrudgingly. He delighted in this. He delighted in showing his mercy, showing his love, and showing his grace to you and I through the cross. God wants all to see now that he takes pleasure. He delights in saving wretched, unworthy sinners who deserve nothing but his eternal wrath and his eternal torment. God takes pleasure in giving grace to people who do not deserve it, who cannot earn it, and who don't even want it. There was no goodness or desire in us to be with him, yet God, out of his grace, took pleasure in saving us to be with him through faith in his Son, who died the death we deserved and paid the eternal debt that we owed. Could you see how this would be a mystery? Can you see how this would be something that wouldn't be found within the, the, mind, of, the mind of man, but only in God? Who would expect or even come up with that God the Father would send God the Son to die for wretched creatures who hate him? I mean, maybe, maybe if there was something good in us in comparison to his righteousness. But there wasn't. For God demanded perfection. Not progress in this life. Perfection. Be holy as I am holy. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. No one comes close to that. Christ did, though, on your behalf. Well, this is what God has revealed to you and I and to the world. That Christ has done everything for you and I so we can be with him for eternity through faith in Jesus. The gospel, God's revealed will. This is the ultimate story to learn about, to know about, to be awed over, to be inspired about, to be overcome by, to delve deeper and deeper every day into. This is not something meant to be hidden, but revealed to all. It's not meant to be kept secret because God has revealed it and it centers all around his son and he wants the world to know. For Christ has overcome the world through the cross And salvation has come to all who place their faith in him. And though this world may think that message is foolish and that God is foolish, that he would give grace to sinners by having his son to die for wretches who could not save for themselves, this is power for you and I and the power this world needs. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. This foolishness, this mysterious will, this foolishness is what saves us. 
For God loves the outcasts, the downtrodden, the losers, the fakes, the self-righteous, the sinners, the ignorant, the hateful, the, the boastful, the perverted, the racist. He loves sinners enough to save them by giving up his son for them. The world called God a fool, and yet he still sent his son to die for them. He sent his son to die for the real fools, you and me. This is the mystery we're called to tell the world now that has been revealed. But here's the thing. Paul doesn't stop there. Paul gives us more insight as to why God has revealed his will. He gives us this, the the purpose of why it must be made known. And this is where you're able to see that you are part of a cosmic plan and not just another person in this world, but being used. You are being used in moving forward God's mighty purpose with each step you take, with with every breath that comes out of your mouth, with every heart that, with every, every time your heart beats. You're accomplishing something. And this, is what, and this is what Paul says in Ephesians 1.10. As a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and on earth. And this brings us to our second and last point. God's mission is your mission. Just engrave that onto your brain. God's mission is your mission. So what Paul is saying here is, that God is moving everything in the direction or in the summary of the purpose of bringing all things united together under Jesus. God is on the mission to unite all things from heaven above to the earth below, under the name or through the focal point of His Son, to place everything under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Or as Hebrews chapter 2, verses 7 through 8 says, referring to Jesus, you have, made him lo- uh, you have made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside of his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. And that is what Paul is saying here. At some point, we will. See it. We will see all things subject to him. And there will be this perfect harmony to which there will never be a division again. Think of it this way. People will submit to Christ and his lordship, either begrudgingly under his wrath in hell to be forever judged by him, or willfully and joyfully freely accept his lordship to be, uh, uh, accept his lordship by his grace through faith to experience only his love and favor for eternity. Everything will be united in one way or another. And that is the final goal of this world. That's the purpose now of why he has given the gospel to us. So what does this mean? Well, God's purpose is our purpose now. God's, his mission is our mission. We, too, are to be people who are all about uniting everything under the name of Christ, under his lordship. 
We want people to be united under His grace. Or let me get more practical with what I'm saying and how this applies to you so you can see that you're now part of His cosmic plan of God. That you are now a tool in which He uses to plant His glorious kingdom of unity under Christ. Mankind is on a mission to rid itself of certain people. That whoever they think are the bad people, we're all bad compared to God's righteousness, but whoever the bad people are at the moment, those people who disagree with them, mankind strives for division. But that's not how God is. That's not what God is about. He is about taking the bad people, the wretched people, the people who are against him deliberately, and it's about bringing them into his family and uniting them as one with him through faith in his son. If there's anyone that should be about division, it should be him. But that's not the case. He is about unity for mankind through faith in Jesus. God is lovingly and graciously taking a world that is divided against itself and is, uh, that, that is divided against him and is uniting them under the cross by faith in Christ. Think about that. That should change your perspective of the people around you in any situation that you're in. God is wanting you to be united with them in Jesus. He wants you to reach out your hand to tell them of the grace and forgiveness that they can have in Christ so you can be united. Yes, the very people, the media, the social media are saying are your enemy and want to destroy you and take away your freedom and want to hurt you. Those people. Yes, The people who are selfish and unloving and judgmental in your life, who hate you? Yes, those people. God wants to use you to bring those people by giving them the gospel of grace so they can be united in the family with you, united in the family of God under Jesus. That's what we're called to do in Christ now, that we are saved by and empowered by his grace. We are on a mission to worship Jesus in all things and help others do the same. And the only way that can happen, if we look for ways to bring people united under Jesus through faith in him, look for ways, look for opportunities to do that rather than look for ways to divide. That's not something you hear on the news or social media. That's not the standard conversation we have with people who think differently than us or see the world differently than us. We think of them as trying to get us, trying to get our families, get our kids, get our grandkids. So we create moats and walls and box ourselves in from them, whoever them is. But really, it should be the opposite. We should be the ones out to get them to know Jesus. That's God's mission. And that should be our mission. They should be boxing themselves in. Oh, now here comes the Christians. 
Keep them away. <laughs> they keep coming. We should be the ones on the course so they can know Christ and be united in Him. I mean, when you focus on the grace of God and His gracious mission to all people, His glorious will that has now been revealed, seeing that God works in the exact opposite way of the, the exact opposite way of the world, that should motivate us then to do the same. He's our God. Always looking to put the other above self for the betterment of other. What do you think Christ did for you? Seeking the highest good of the other, even the evil other. You think Jesus died for good people? The high, seeking the highest good, the highest good that we can give, right, is simply to tell of what Jesus and his grace has done. And what they can have in Jesus. And guess what? That's what gets us into trouble. (laughs) Because we start to care for others so they can know Jesus. And guess what? It removes the division. It removes the boundaries. It removes the borders that this world wants you to live in. And it creates a gospel unity within mankind. With your neighbors, with your workplace, or within your very home. It's a harmonious unity because when we have faith in Christ, no matter who we are or where we come from or what we're doing in life, it creates a unity because we now have all the same goals and same values because we're all working together to bring glory to Jesus. We start having grace with each other's faults. Grace with each other's issues. We start looking past our differences. We are able to confess our sins to one another and build each other up in the Lord and His grace rather than tear each other down. Because it's all about coming together and uniting in the name of Jesus wherever we go so His name will be magnified. So the question then becomes... Do you see yourself as part of God's mission? Do you see yourself in this bigger picture of life, this cosmic way of living? Do you see yourself, do you see your life as as going towards the goal that God has set in Christ in uniting all things under his name? For that is your mission, which is the Great Commission, of making disciples who unite under Jesus. There is an end to all of this. There is a goal to all of this. This world is not just spinning towards nothing. Your life is not just nothing if you are in Christ. Things don't happen meaninglessly in our lives as Christians. You are not where you are by accident. Things don't happen to you by accident. All things, no matter what they are or what they may be, have a purpose for you now. And that purpose, that point, that goal, that meaning, that worth 
It's all about bringing this world one step closer to being united in Christ through his glorious message of grace. I mean, what, a, what an amazing way then to view life, right? The future doesn't seem so bleak. Your future doesn't seem so bleak. It doesn't seem so dark and ugly. It seems kind of good. To know that every day, every moment, everything you do has a purpose of uniting everything under Jesus. I don't know how much better it gets than that. I would think then this would make us want to live life to the fullest by faith in Christ. For, for all that we do then has meaning and purpose and worth no matter how poor you may be, no matter what physical state you may be in, no matter how weak or strong you may be, no matter how much you have messed up in your life, no matter how much you have failed. If we are in Christ, every moment is this new moment. It's this new opportunity to continue the mission of God in uniting everything under Jesus. You know, some live for the next generation or even the generation after that. But as Christians, we're living for the eternity of God's plan that will last forever. And that's to bring everything under the name of Jesus. So again, is that how you view your life in Christ? If you have, great. Keep going. Bring others along. If you haven't, then start. Because Christ has done everything for you to be part of this mission through faith in him. You have already been completely qualified to do this by his performance on your behalf through your faith in him. No matter your sin, no matter your faults, no matter your issues. If you have faith in Christ, you are a child of God who has been brought into his family to take part in God's mission of uniting, under, uniting everything under the name of Christ. Be encouraged. There's so much more to your life than what this world will tell you. Because Jesus has given his life for yours. Let's go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this glorious uh, passage that you have given us. An insight into your will to know where we're going and what we're doing and why we exist. Oh God, I know we struggle a lot and there are a lot of problems that arise. Our bodies are breaking down, emotional issues, maybe biological issues going on in our minds or in our bodies, Lord. We have relational issues. We have so many issues. Lord, we're a messed up people. And sadly, we won't even realize how messed up we are. But God, you love us anyways. So much so that you have given us insight into your will and then you have made us part of your plan. As we stumble and mumble about, as we're just broken sticks, you are drawing straight lines, Lord. They're going directly to the uniting everything under Jesus. Oh, God, you are so good. You are so gracious and so loving. God, I ask right now, if someone does not know you, that they come to know you right now, that they can see that there is purpose and worth and meaning for their life if they have Jesus. God, I pray that they just they, they turn their life over to you and flee the life of sin and saying, I need you. 
Lord, if there's other people in here struggling with maybe just issues at home or maybe issues in the workplace or just trying to having issues in their own life, Lord, I pray that you come to them and let them know that if they have faith in you, that they're on the right path, even if they don't realize it, even if their life seems like complete chaos, they are on the right path as long as they have faith in you. For Jesus has done it all. And God, I just pray for the rest, all of us here too, with whatever is not, everything that's unspoken, that you just remind us of the rest we have in Jesus simply by trusting in him that everything's going to be okay. God, you know what you're doing and I think you're the only one that does and I'm okay with that. I pray we all are okay with that. In Jesus' name, amen.